guys ready to get in the word this evening? Man, you know, I'm so happy about the scripture where it says that you know that you've passed from death unto life because you love your brothers and sisters. So tonight I just declare that your pastor loves you very much because I'm telling you, it confirms with me one of the things that the Lord told me years ago. He said, Tony, my love shed abroad in your heart is what is going to make the gifts that I've placed inside of you palatable to other people. So he just spoke to me very strongly about just walking in love. And then for years, you know, I would talk to him about, you know, Lord, I want to, I just want to show me how to grow your love. And then finally he got over to me that, you know, sometimes he just works with me because so, sometimes it takes me a little while. You know, now that I'm a little older, I could even say sometimes it has taken me decades, but he never gives up, right? And uh, he said, you know, Tony, my love does not develop. It's fully developed. But my spirit on the inside of you will teach you how to yield to my love in every situation that you're ever in. So his love is powerful. Well, listen, tonight I'm so excited to get in the word of God. We are in a wonderful series about talk, talking about how to meditate in the word of God. This is week three, so I want to encourage you to go back, listen to these other two messages. You guys know if you've been around here, this is like, every message is like eating a 5,000 calorie meal. You can't eat it all. But it's also like Italian food. The leftovers get better and better and better, right? Or as we said before, they get gooder and gooder and gooder, right? So let's get into the word again tonight. We said this every time and we'll continue to say it. Meditation in God's word will move you from being a hearer of his word to being a doer of his word. It's the only thing that will. You must meditate in the word of God. It's so, so very important. See, God made you and I, we cannot move in a direction we don't see. And actually, we all move in a direction that we do see. The enemy knows that, and that's why he wants to capture your imagination. He will throw thoughts, he'll create circumstances, he'll try to fill your life with people going in a direction that you, God doesn't want you to go. And why will he do that? Because he wants you to start taking those thoughts. He wants you to get your eyes off Jesus and on natural circumstances, right? So that once you do that, what happens is you start to see your life. It, it affects your imagination, and all of a sudden, you start to see your life a certain way. Now, if you see it the wrong way, if you see it outside of the guidelines of the Word of God... If you see yourself not being who God says you are, not having what God says he's given you, not doing what God says you should do, then all of a sudden it opens the door for Satan to be able to come in, steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know a lot of believers are suffering loss and they're actually thinking that God is trying to teach them something when it's just the enemy trying to take them out, right? So this is why we wanna meditate in God's word we want his word to build that imagination in our heart so that we can start to see ourselves being who he says he's made us, right? Doing what he says we're to do. 
having what he says he's given us. We need to see these things because we move in a direction when we see. This is how come you can't work out anybody else's salvation. Because have you ever tried to tell and convey a truth from God's word to somebody, but they're just like, forget it. It's not that they're bad or they're stupid, they just don't see it, right? And here's the thing, for us as Christians, we want to help people, but how do you know the next thing that God wants to work on in their life, right? You don't know. So this is why meditating in the word is so important. So remember, we said to meditate in God's word, it means to ponder, to think, to imagine, to mutter or speak over and over again. It literally means to think in your heart, right? That's what that word, that, that's what that word meditation means. It's not like all the other religions of the world that meditate in their mind. No, we meditate God's word in our spirit man, in our heart, and it affects our mind. It's completely different. God's word is life. God's word is truth. It's not a truth. It's the truth. Jesus isn't a way. He's the way, right? He, it, God isn't, Jesus isn't just like one form of life. No, no, he is life. So as we meditate in his word, now we start to mutter, ponder, imagine his word in our hearts. We, what we're doing is we're studying and, and thinking about God's word in our heart, and then the Holy Spirit opens that up on the inside of us, brings revelation knowledge to our spirit man of the word of God, our spirit man then takes that, transfers that into a thought, and will convey the word of God to our mind, and that's what renovates or renews our mind so that our life is transformed, so that we can walk out, determined by experience, the good, acceptable, and perfect, singular will of God. As we progressively renew our minds, what happens, we progressively walk out God's plan for our life. That's what we've been talking about, right? So that's the process that causes your mind to be renewed. So the purpose of meditating in God's word is to move you from being a willing hearer of the word of God to where you ponder, you imagine it, you mutter it, you think it in your heart, right? Until all of a sudden you start observing yourself doing the word of God on the inside until you are doing it actually in your behavior on the outside, okay? Meditation in God's word causes us to observe the word of God working in our lives even when the circumstances of our life seem to be contrary, seem to be screaming at us, we still are in a place of rest and a place of peace. We're never moved. God doesn't want anything on the outside to ever move you. He wants, it, what does Acts 17, 28 say? It is in him, in him that I live, that I move, and that I have my being. He's everything. He's everything. So let's go to James. Let's jump off in another scripture here. 
James chapter 1, verse 21. You guys doing good? I'm about to explode, so, uh, and I'm about to break out crying and yelling and running and everything, so this is so thrilling. The presence of God is so rich here this evening. Jesus is here, right? He's here. His spirit is moving to bring you answers, to strengthen you, to lift burdens off of you, to give you direction for your life. All saturated in the love of God, he wants to show you the love of God so that you know your future is one of increase. It's one where the desires of your heart are all fulfilled. He will cause you to walk them all out. He'll bring them all to maturity. There is no bad news in God, right? Jesus came to give us life and that more abundantly. Amen. So James chapter 1 Verse 21, let's jump off here. Another passage of scripture. See, what does meditating in the word do? It takes you from being a hearer to being a doer. So let's talk about this passage because it talks a lot about being a doer of the word. You're going to see as we go passage by passage by passage, you're going to see very similar things. And this is the common denominator You must keep your eyes on the Word of God. You must never let the Word of God depart out of your mouth. You've got to be talking about it all the time. You must give the Word of God your undivided attention. Don't divide it between the Word of God and the circumstances. Nope. We give the Word of God our undivided attention. We never let the Word depart out of our mouth. We keep it in the midst of our heart. Why? Because it is life to those that find it, and it's health or medicine to all of our flesh. So James, Pastor James is talking to his church, to these Jewish believers, many of which have been scattered everywhere, right? They're under heavy persecution, and he says this in verse 21. He says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness. Talking about moral filthiness. He's talking about your behavior, Change your behavior. Lay it aside. Have you ever had a behavior in your life that you knew was wrong? And you just feel it's so powerful, I can't lay it aside? Satan doesn't want you to know it's as easy as you just going, you know, I'm going to lay this aside. Why? Because Jesus condemned all of your sin, all of the spiritual death. Remember? Remember when you got born again? This was you. This was, this was your flesh. This is your spirit before you got saved. Then when you said, Jesus, come into my heart, I commit my life, you are my Lord, what happens? The Holy Spirit comes into the inside of you, he takes this spiritual scalpel, scalpel, and he circumcises your spirit. He separates it from your flesh. Because the flesh still has a sin nature. But then this old, dead, spiritually dead spirit that you were, that I was, is gone. He puts, it's gone forever. Never to be brought up again. He takes it out. It's gone forever. And then he puts a brand new spirit in your physical body. It's a new you. Not an improved you. It's a brand new you. But when he puts it in, here's your flesh, here's your spirit now. No longer connected. And this is why Romans tells us, listen, 
I've been crucified with Christ. I was buried with him in baptism. I was raised to a new life, right? I was identified with his crucifixion. I was identified with his resurrection. Therefore, sin will never dominate me again. So now, I could lay it apart. See, God would be unjust to tell us that we could just lay something apart if we couldn't, right? Because, see, the greater one, the Holy Spirit, is on the inside of every believer. And he'll, he'll help you lay things down, right? Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, and then here we go in the King James, and superfluity of naughtiness, right? Wow. This is an abundance of wickedness. This, is, this word literally means that a person's not ashamed to break laws and to do things wrong. We're to lay all that apart, right? And receive with meekness. This word meekness means we receive it with being humble and being teachable. We receive the word of God. We have to humble ourselves. See, to hear the word tonight, you're going to have to come here with a willingness to do it. You're humble and you're teachable. You're not coming here going, teach me, but I'm only going to do what I want to do. You won't hear anything. You'll just listen to it. But if you'll come to the word of God, not by, by what some pastor says, but what the word says, with a willingness to hear it, right? I receive it. I humble myself under his mighty hand and I'm teachable. Lord, if you say do it, I'm going to do it. I might not know how, I might not, I might not have any clue, I might have failed a thousand times, I'm going to trust you, right? And receive with meekness, what do I receive? The engrafted word, the engrafted word, what is that, that word engrafted in the Greek means the implanted word, I'm receiving the word of God so that it is implanted in my spirit. Which is what? Which is able to save your soul. The word save means to restore to health, to make whole your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion. Because remember, your soul is the control center of your life. Right? You have your flesh this nature that's in your flesh still, we don't have the fullness of our salvation yet. When we get this glorified body, guess what? When his glory goes over this thing and it's glorified, it won't have the sin nature in it anymore, right? We have the first fruits of our inheritance now. We're a brand new spirit, right? And the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us to teach us what things that are freely given to us by God, to help us in every way, to teach us but our spirit also possesses a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Satan knows this. Whoever controls the soul controls the destiny of the person. So if you don't renew your mind with the word of God by meditating in the word of God so that you change your thinking, so that you see what God is saying for you to do instead, of, instead you'll just be letting the enemy throw these thoughts and create your imagination. If you don't do that, what will happen is your unrenewed mind will side with your flesh, and, and Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 7, and will take your spirit captive. And all of a sudden, you're doing a behavior 
that's contrary, and your spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't convict you for sin. The Bible says he convicts the world of the sin of rejecting Christ. No, 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 no. As a believer, your spirit will convict you. That's how come you'll have inner turmoil. You'll be like, man, I, I just, you know, you, you go from, I really want to do this because I'm giving into my flesh, and then the minute, the minute it's over, you're like, oh, right? That's so, so we want to renew our mind so that our mind, the renewed mind, and our spirit that is growing up and developing in the word of God, they will side together and tell our flesh, no, you stay on that altar. I, you're a living sacrifice. You're not, you don't control my mouth. I'm not going to do what you want me to say. I'm going to tell you what we're going to say, right? And you might have to walk around. I mean, you might be in your car. And you have this thought of saying some words to somebody next to you. And all of a sudden, on the inside, you're like, no, I'm not saying that. Lord, bless them. Right? That's how it works. But to be strong enough to do that, you have to meditate in the word. Otherwise, you'll never be able to do it. Okay? So it says, lay apart all this stuff and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. So this verse is telling us right now to lay apart the distractions of this world and to lay apart the desires of our flesh. So to receive the engrafted word, you're going to have to lay aside the distractions of this world. And guys... We have more distractions than any generation of the church. If you don't believe me, just look at your phone. Turn your phone, though, into a tool that will help you grow spiritually. The Holy Spirit will help you turn technology in your life to something that blesses. Technology doesn't control me. Right? I mean, I, get, I, I hear from ministers who, you know, are like, hey, I've been reaching out to you forever. You don't, ever, you don't ever reach back out to me. Well, how are you reaching out to me? I've never got a phone call from you. Well, Facebook. Oh, oh, that makes sense. You'll be reaching out for all eternity. Because the minute I got a Facebook page and 600 people wanted to be my friend, tell me what they had for lunch, I have no time for that. Right? So someone else manages my Facebook. And they do so very secondarily. Right? I don't care what your little dog did today. I don't, because I, I don't have time for it. Because I got to meditate in this word so that my life is transformed, right? Now, if you want to learn about gardening, well, there you go. There's your man. Pastor Torian has a blog. He'll teach you things about gardening you never even thought of, right? And it'll be like the most secure garden on the planet. Right? Cyber secure, right? Is that... <laughs> Continuing in the word is the key to renewing your mind with the truth of God's word. Continuing in the word. Not, see, some people come to church and that's their definition of being in the word. And then they leave church and they jump right back into their life and they're just consumed with all the problems of life. No, 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 no. It's continuing in the word of God. That, that if you get nothing else, you've got to do that, right? And the Lord will help you do that. 
Meditating in God's word is the way you continue in God's word. Because remember we said you can only move in a direction that you see. The only way you see the word of God is by meditating in it. The word is what? It is a lamp to your feet and it is a light to your path. Do you see that? So, so very important. Verse 22, he says this, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. Hearers. It's the Greek word. It's different than Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. That's a different Greek word. That Romans 10, 17, that Greek word means to hear with the willingness to do. This is the Greek word that literally means, it's a masculine noun, it means one who is listening with no intent of practicing what they hear. Do you know, though, I went to church for years. And if you had to talk to me about being a doer of the word, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I go to church because I'm a Christian. Why do you go to church? Well, because I'm a Christian. And I feel good when I go to church. And, well, what do you do? I mean, you know, I sing, and then he, this guy gets up and tells me about the Bible. It's awesome. But I didn't realize that what I heard in church was for the purpose of equipping me to go walk out God's plan for my life, but I, I didn't ever realize that I had to move from being a hearer to being a doer. So, you know, I mean, that's how come you kind of sit and go, well, I like this sermon. I, well, gosh, that, you know, that was, part of that sermon was really wonderful, but, you know, I really didn't like that forgiveness part, right? I, I don't like that part, but I, I really like that blessing part. Good measure, shaken down, running over, right? Now, don't, not, not, Forget the first part of that verse, that give. I mean, I'd like to, but I just don't have enough to do that. Right? I mean, that's what people do. A lot of your brothers and sisters have no clue that they have to have ears to hear. Right? It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Uh, a one who's listening with no intent of practicing or doing what they're hearing. And what, is, what happens to that person? If you're just a listener with no intent of doing it. In other words, if you're sitting here tonight and you're listening with no intent that you're, you're sitting here going, okay, Holy Spirit, I've come, I'm hungry, you speak to me. If one of these scriptures jump out at me, I'm going to take that and I'm going to start meditating in that scripture. I'm going to start muttering it, pondering it over and over and over. Why? So that I get light on it, so I could start moving in that direction. If you don't do that, the Bible says you're deceiving your own selves. Satan could go lay on a beach somewhere. He doesn't have to really mess with you because you deceived yourself. So let's make it hard on him. Right? I love toil with the enemy. Work harder. Maybe if you just work a little harder, you could get me to do something stupid. <laughs> Wait, can you hear me? I know you're so far under my feet, right? That's the way we are to be. But we can't fake it. This isn't, this isn't like an Amway meeting where you fake it till you make it. No, 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 you can't fake this, right? Not that I'm against Amway, right? Network marketing, awesome, whatever. But you know what I mean. 
We don't fake it until we make it, right? See, because we can't. Because remember, when you got born again, you made it. You started out with everything, right? So the doer of the word, what does he do? He confesses the word and he lives the word. Remember, Christianity is not about you living for God. It's about Christ living through you, right? So, so we, this is how this happens. This is how this works. Speaking the word sometimes and speaking your circumstances other times, that's not going to get you there. It doesn't work. That's not little faith. That's no faith, right? So let's keep going with this. Everybody loves their pastor. Verse 23 for if any be a hearer, I know you do, I know, it's awesome. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. In the Greek, that would say mirror. We understand that. He's like a man, of the person who hears the word of God with no intent of practicing it is like a man who's looking at himself in a mirror, right? But look at what happens to him. He beholds himself, he gives himself a look of inspection. In other words, he's sitting in church, and all of a sudden he's thinking, wow, I need to change some things. You know, I, there's just some things in my life that are, and God's not beating them up. God will show you things, and it's for the purpose of, because you know he wants you to not experience any kind of death at all. He's trying to shut the doors to the enemy so you can live days of heaven on the earth, right? So it says here, he, he, he beholds his natural face, he beholds himself, and goes his way. So in other words, he's looking at the word, and as he's looking, he's looking with inspection, but he has no intent of doing it, so he actually sees, wow, I need to change some things in my life. But then... He goes his way. So instead of continuing to look, how do you continue to look? By meditating, right? He puts the word down and he goes, whose way does he go? He goes his way, right? See, the path of the righteous is one of light and it grows brighter and brighter to the full day. It increases. You get off the path and it's darkness, it's confusing. If you're, if you're all confused in your life right now, it's okay, just get back on the path. How do you do that? Start meditating in the word, right? So let's keep going with this. When he goes his own way, what happens when you go your own way? Immediately, straightway, or at once, what happens? He forgets what manner of man that he was, that he was when? When he was in church looking at himself in the mirror. He forgets when, as soon as you lay it down and look at something else, you forget who you were, right? Who you were what? When you were looking in the mirror, right? See, if you govern your lives by your senses, if you are looking for your senses to tell you what is going on in your life, unbelief will always manifest, Fear, unbelief, all this stuff will always manifest. But if you only listen to the word, right, you're not going to be moved by these outward things. This is so important. 
Verse 25, but whoso looks. Now this word look in the Greek means whoso looks and keeps on looking. Again, continuing in, meditating in, continuing in, continuing. Whoso looks and keeps on looking. You're not ever prying my, I mean, am I making that kind of clear? You got to look and you got to keep on looking. That means all throughout your day, do you realize you can look and keep on looking while you're doing other stuff? While you're, while you're producing big results at work and in whatever God's called you to do? Because your work is to be nothing more than a form of worship. You're on assignment. God called you there, right? Why? To make money? No, he called you there because your fruit's probably there. He called you there because you're to, you're to, it's going to be a form of worship. It's to give you some seed so you can sow, so that he could harvest increase into your life, right? But whoso looks and keeps on looking into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed, or in the, in the literal Greek, he shall be blessed in his doing. When are you blessed? When you hear? You're blessed when you do. You gotta do. The blessing is, I, I, that's another big key about tonight. You're gonna see over and over again, the blessing is when you do it. Okay? So keep that in mind. So the difference between the forgetful hearer and the doer is what they see. It's what you see. See, what is the Holy Spirit? Did God give us the Holy Spirit? Did Jesus say, you know, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's going to tell you things to come? Did he say that? No, he said he's going to show you things to come. He wants you to see. Okay, very important, very, very important. Let's look at another scripture. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Let's start there. We're going to read verses 12 through verse 15. This is Paul talking to a young pastor, but we're going to see the principle of meditating. In 1 Timothy 4, 12, it says, let no man despise your youth. In the literal Greek, Paul is telling Timothy, hey, Timothy, stop letting people despise your youth. Stop letting people think lightly of you. Stop letting people discard you as nothing. There were people that were just, they had no respect for Timothy because he was young. And he said, you stop. What you, on the surface, you go, well, now, time out. How can I do that? Because if a person wants to think something, how could I change what they think? Right? Stop letting it, Timothy. Paul is saying, this is what they're doing to you. Stop letting that happen. So let's keep going. But be an example of the believers. In other words, Timothy, this is how you do it. You need to be a doer of the word of God right? I mean, this is something that Brother Hagen, man, when I was at Ramah, he just pounded into us. Don't ever teach something that you don't know to be true. 
that you're not walking out. Not perfectly, but I'm like a crock pot, literally. I mean, I'm studying things now, and, and you know, I think I'm doing real good. I start studying things, and the word starts going, whoa, I need to change this, and I need to make this adjustment, I need to ramp this up, all this stuff, and I, I submit to that, and my flesh hates it, and my spirit loves it, right? And then at some point, the Lord will say, okay, now it's time to prepare it for the people. That's how come if you come here, it's always fresh. Because we're not trying to impress anybody. We're trying to just, let's catch the wave. Tonight, holy, the Holy Spirit's the teacher. Anything good that happens is him. If anything's not so good, it's me. All right? But my whole thing is, Lord, get me out of the way. I just want to, I want you to, I want to just flow with you. That's what's fun. Right? Because you could, I could preach on the same scripture for 400 years, and it'd still be fresh. Because he is amazing. He said, but be an example of the believers. How? In word. In conversation. Notice he said in word. In other words, you be an example to the believers on how to speak. You speak the word of God so that you could be an example in your what? Conversation. That's a little vague. In the Greek language, it means in your lifestyle or manner of life. See, if your words, your words will always precede actions. In word, in conversation or in manner of life or in your lifestyle, in love, you be an example. In spirit, you be an example of what it means to walk and live out of your spirit, not out of your flesh. Right? In faith, you be an example, Timothy. In purity, then he says this, till I come, give attendance to reading. Timothy, I want you to just read the word. You stay in the word. To exhortation, right? To doctrine, Wow. In other words, you read the word and then you exhort the word, right? You start, Father, I thank you that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thank you that you always cause me to triumph. Father, I thank you that you meet all of my needs according to your riches. I'm exhorting the word of God. In doctrine, that's also the word. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. But then look at what it says. Meditate on these things. Give yourself wholly to them that your profiting may appear to all. You gotta meditate and give yourself wholly to these things that your profiting will appear to all. Literally, that appear to all, literally you could translate this from the Greek, that your progress may be evident to all. If you stay around this church, there's one thing that I will guarantee that you will always see in me. I'm going to grow. I'm not the same pastor that I was in March. Thank God. Right? But I can't take any credit 
Because it's not me, it's the grace of God that's laboring in me. Same thing for you, right? That's how come as we walk together, we exhort each other, we need each other, we help each other to walk this out. There is nothing worse than a man or a woman who's neglected the gift that God has placed within them for years because they're sitting around and they're waiting for someone to open a door of ministry to them. Some people sit their whole lives. Some people just jump because they're not meditating and they, 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 they know there's something so they just jump into something and then they get into it and they're doing something that God's not in. I mean, I understand that one. I don't know how many ministers have ever had Jesus say, when I'm like, oh Lord, I, I'm, at, I'm at the end of myself. I can't do this anymore. What do I need to do? I'll do anything. And then he, he spoke to me. He said, Tony, you need to get over yourself because ministry is really hard when you're working and I'm not working. Wow. Right? I've told... I've told the dean of Rhema before, when he's asked me to come teach down there, I'm like, you just bring me down there so I'm a perfect example. Listen, if God could use you, he could use anyone, right? Man, had a move, knew I was supposed to go to Rhema at 20, didn't make it till I was 30. I tried to blame my wife about that, but she's like, you know, I was like in high school, so uh, I couldn't really use that excuse, but right? All these things, new that I was going to pioneer a church and didn't, didn't do it till I was 45. But hide and watch. I'm going to yield all my fruit in my season. My leaf is never going to wither, right? Why? Because I will meditate in his word day and night. This is huge. What do we do? Don't wait around for something to happen for you. What do you do? You meditate in God's word until... You see yourself doing it on the inside. And this will enable you to walk in your gifting and ministry. You won't see anything on the outside until you first see it on the inside. This is, this is major. So many people are running around going, what is God's will for my life? Go to the Holy Spirit and you just start reading the word of God. You start listening to the word. Read the word. Live in the word. And pretty soon, some scriptures will start just kind of popping up. It'll just jump out at you. Start meditating in that scripture. It may have nothing to do with what you think God's plan for your life is. Doesn't matter. The word is full of life. It's powerful. That means it's active and effective. You keep meditating, and what will happen? All of a sudden, light will start coming. You will start seeing yourself doing something. And what will happen is what comes up with that, there will be this desire to just step out and do something. Or, and, and, not only, and with the desire will come some power, and it's called an idea. All of a sudden, on the inside of you, you'll have this desire, and then there will be an idea. Man, I should do this. Do, do you know that's how God brings increase in your life? Financial increase? 
Do you know how many businesses, how much technology, inventions that God wants to bring into this earth realm through his church? But how's it going to happen? You meditate in the word. So that you start seeing yourself do it. See, meditating won't light, won't light Jeanette's path. It'll light my path. Right? I mean, it, it, we, it lights our own path. Meditate until you can't see it any other way. See, the key to confidence, the key, this is the key to confidence, okay? This is worth coming tonight, is putting yourself in the Bible and getting God's word in your heart. That will give you confidence. So when you start to see something on the inside, when you see yourself laying hands on the sick and they recover, guess what you'll start seeing? You'll start seeing it on the outside. All of a sudden, you'll be minding your own business. You'll be going throughout your day and there'll be a person. And all of a sudden, you'll just have this desire. And, and, and you it's, it's not like a, like a desire, like an earthly desire. No, desire, D, of, sire, the Father. This is a desire of your heart. That's how Jesus operated. Why did he only heal one person at the pools of Bethesda? Because he saw his Father do it. He said, I only do what I see my Father do. We, as we live, I only do what I see my Lord Jesus do. He is the head of the church. I'm his body. It works perfectly. Right? Seeing yourself being, having, and doing what God says that you can be, have, and do. So let's go to Isaiah. Let's look at another scripture. Isaiah chapter 26. Hallelujah. Verse 3 and 4. I love this one. Look at this. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Verse 4, trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. This word means is an everlasting rock, an everlasting refuge. In other words, right here, the word of God is identifying trusting in God as keeping your mind on him. If you don't trust God in an area of your life, don't worry about that you start meditating in that area. If you don't honor God in your finances, just start meditating. Don't beat yourself up. There's no condemnation in Christ, right? Jesus is not a mob boss. You pay me 10% or that's it. No, no, that's not the way it works, right? No, no, you just start meditating in Scripture because when you keep your mind stayed on him, look at what this Hebrew word means. It literally means, you ready? To lean, to lay hold of, to rest upon, and to take hold of. You cause your mind to take hold of God. How do you do that? By meditating in the word of God. What will happen? You will start trusting him 
because the definition, God's definition of trust is you keep your mind on him. You'll start trusting him in the financial arena, and all of a sudden, it's like you'll walk into a room of light. You'll see everything differently, right? Do you know many pastors live in a world where they're afraid to talk about money? Are you kidding me? First of all, afraid. That, that's just not a word that should ever be in a Christian's mouth. That's, that's a, that's, you never put up with that thought, right? God's word, it is the seed that keeps me at rest. So John chapter 15, let's look at another scripture. John chapter 15, verse 7. This is a huge scripture that describes the doer of the word. And it also describes the meditation of the word of God. Look at what it says. So a person's meditating so that they can do. It says, if you abide, that means to settle down and remain, to stay and continue in. If you abide in me and my words abide, stay and remain in you. That sounds like meditating, doesn't it? It says you will ask whatever you will. Ask. Does it mean, Father, please give me this? No, that's not what that word ask means. It's the Greek word that means to call for, to require, and to make a demand for. Well, why? Well, because God's already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. So you can't ask him, Father, can you please heal me? He's going to be like, what? you got to read my word. I, I already did. I sent my word and healed you. Right? God, will you just, will you bless the work of my, bless me in this, you know, this business has got to work. Well, time out. I, I've already redeemed you from the curse of poverty and lack. Right? I already told you that I would bless the work of your hands to establish my covenant. I've already done that. Do you see this? That's why the word ask, whenever you see that in the New Testament, it's you call for, Father, I call for my healing. I already know that Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. That's, Rome, that's Matthew 8, 17, right? So I don't have to. I, I call for my healing. The enemy has attacked my body. I'm not denying that I have sickness in my body, but I'm denying its right to stay there because of what God has given me. I'm not denying a lack of finances in my life. I'm denying the lack of finances to remain. Poverty and lack, I've been redeemed from you. I'm not denying that, uh, you know, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm fighting depression. Stop fighting it. Jesus already dealt with it. I'm not, but I deny depression's right to stay there. Right? So let's keep looking at this. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask, you'll call for, you'll require, you'll make a demand for whatever you will. Well, what do you think you're going to ask for? And it says it will be done for you. Because see, what happens when you abide in him and his word abides in you? you will, your will and his will become one now. Right? Because see, remember, you could only receive through grace or through faith what he's given you by grace. They'll talk about us, oh, you name it, claim it, you blab it, grab it, people, you know, confess it, possess it, people. Well, yeah, but, but in context with the word. 
If God says he's given me something, then he wants me. It pleases him when I operate in faith and say, Father, I believe I receive what you've given me. Isn't that how we got saved? It's how you receive everything from God, right? The purpose of meditating in God's word is to help us do the word and thus bear fruit. The word, according to the parable of the sower, the word is what, bear, it, it's what causes fruit. Okay? That, that's everything. Of all that you've read in God's word, how much have you imagined yourself doing? Right? Have you ever imagined yourself leading somebody to Christ? Have you ever meditated in those scriptures and actually saw yourself? You won't lead anybody to Christ until you see yourself on the inside doing that. Have you ever imagined yourself laying hands on someone who's crippled and seeing them recover? Have you? Because the Bible says those that believe in the name will lay hands on the sick. Have you ever imagined yourself sitting down, paying every bill that you have, sowing thousands of dollars into the kingdom of God and having plenty of money left over? Well, if you haven't imagined that, from the word of God, guess what? That, that answers why you're not walking in that. Oh, pastor, are you kidding me? Is it that simple? Yeah. That's not my opinion. This is Bible. Have you ever imagined yourself strengthened by God, mighty in God? Have you, have you ever imagined yourself well, free from all sickness and disease, free from all pain? Have you ever imagined yourself that from the word of God? right? Have you ever imagined yourself at peace? Have you ever imagined yourself totally satisfied? Have you ever imagined yourself full of joy? Have you ever imagined yourself free? Because the Bible said whoever the son hath, he did it on the cross, made free, is free. So if that's the case, let's start meditating in, what, in John 8, 36, so that we can start seeing it, seeing ourselves free. Alcohol is not a, I'm not addicted to alcohol. I have no addiction to drugs. I'm free from pornography. I'm free from eating, overeating, whatever it is, whatever addiction. I'm free from lying. I'm free from telling myself I'm a failure. Why? Because I've taken the word and I've pondered it in my heart. I've, I've imagined it in my heart. I keep muttering and speaking the word of God over my life. Until all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit opens the word of God up. And I get a revelation of Jesus. And now I see myself doing and being and having who he says he is. And then all of a sudden, I progress until I'm doing it outwardly. This is how it works. So I just gave you the answer for every alcoholic, every drug addict, every person in any kind of bondage, that is the answer. In other words, Jesus is the answer. So what do we do? Guys, 1 Timothy 4, you better meditate in it. Don't let your unsaved friends look down at you, but also don't sit there and argue with them. No, get in the word, meditate in it. Be an example in love, in all of these things. Meditate. Give yourself wholly to them. 
and they will see your progress. And they'll be coming to you going, hey, you know what? I need you to help me. They'll go from laughing at you. A couple years later, they're, hey, can you, can you help me? Right? That's the way it works. This is how we become light in the world. Right? Casually thinking about the word is not, is not, is not meditating in the word. You know, jumping in the word. I got five minutes in the morning and I read my chapter. Keep doing that. But man, please put a scripture down and carry it with you and speak it all day long because otherwise it's not going to do you much good at all. Right? You are today what you saw in your past. You're doing today what you saw in your past. You have today what you saw in your past. You will become what you imagine yourself to be. You will, whether it's the enemy's idea of your life or whether it's God's idea. Because the word of God, he want, he's your father. He wants to show you what he's placed you here for. He wants to show you. I still remember the day, you guys have heard me say this, when the Lord said, Tony, I am looking forward to the day when I could introduce you to you. Because all I thought was I was this worthless guy who really wanted to serve God but just kept messing up right man I'm telling you God has a plan for your life and it's right now and you haven't messed it up how do you know here's the mess up test if you can't fog a mirror you've messed it up you're, that means you're not on the planet anymore but if you could fog a mirror success Get excited, yell, scream, because you have been given the victory. And the Holy Spirit will lead you into all of it through his word. You will become what you imagine yourself to be. You're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, right? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Ponder imagine, mutter, and think in your heart being more than you are right now. See, I'm content where I am on the way to where I'm going. So it's amazing how a Christian, you, you're content right here, but you're fiercely hunger, hungry for where you're going. But you don't let that turn into toil. And I only work out what he's working in. Right? I'm spitting all over myself. Man. See, here's the deal, guys. Most people long to be a doer of the word. But you can only move in the direction that you see. The way to get from hearing to doing the word is to meditate in the word until you see yourself doing it. Don't ever let Satan have a hold of your imagination. You're not a failure. You're not a wretch. You're not, you're, you're, you're not what maybe your behavior is telling you you are. All things are possible to you. And God is, he's, he's the master, like we said Sunday. He is the master at changing your identity. We must get our imagination hooked up with the word of God. 
When you do that, walls fall down. Seas will part, right? Things that you fear today, will, he will turn them into something you love. That's, that's just the way God is. He'll make a weakness in your life the strongest thing you could ever imagine. So the purpose of meditating in the word of God is not to prosper. Okay? You don't get prosperous by meditating in the word. What? What is, oh my gosh, what's happening? The pastor, he's going off the deep end. You don't get prosperous by sitting around meditating on prosperity scriptures. Father, I thank you that you meet all of my needs according to your riches. You, that, no. The word of God gives you the ability to make your way prosperous. Isn't that what Joshua 1.8 said? So I'm just going to sit at home. I'm not going to go work, and I'm just going to sit at home and believe God to pay my rent. Well, have fun with that. Right? Joshua 1.8. Again, we went over this last week, but this is a big thing. If you tell some word of faith people, what? Th that pastor said what? No, no, the word doesn't prosper you. It gives you the ability to make your way prosperous. So let's look at this. This book of the law, Joshua 1.8, shall not depart out of your mouth, but you'll meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that's written therein and then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. Wow. Now remember, remember Moses? Hey God, uh, we got this sea in front of us here. We can't cross. The most powerful army in the world is ticked and they're coming to kill us. So you got to deliver us and God's, God gets mad at Moses. What, Moses, what are you, why are you crying to me? Take the staff, part the Red Sea and cross over on dry ground. Could you imagine if God told you to do that? What? What? I can't part the red. No, no. What is, Mo what is Moses? He's a type of a Christian, New Testament believer. What is the staff? It's a type of the name of Jesus. Right in the next verse, it says, and Moses took the staff, and he parted the Red Sea, and they crossed over on dry ground. Did it say that? It said, he took the staff, and God parted the Red Sea, and, they, and he dried the ground so that they could go over. In other words, God's still doing it, but now wait, pastor, you just said you're doing it. Yeah. Go to Colossians. We understand it. My life has been tucked away with Jesus Christ in God. The goal is where you can't tell the difference. I work out what he's working in. But see, he can't work in something that you won't step out and do. But when you step out and do what he calls you to do, he will bless it. He'll make it happen. He'll do all that. You speak to the mountain and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass. And you'll have what you say. Why? Because God will move the mountain. You just legally gave him the right. See, this is how it works. Look at Psalm. Psalms 1. We went over this last week. Verse 2, it says, But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. 
And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever God does shall prosper. No, whatever he does, the word gives you the ability to prosper. Do you see that? God is, the reason why it's written that way, because the doer is the only one that's blessed. Well, let's look at that other scripture, 1 Timothy 4, verse 15. Timothy, meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them that, who's profiting? That your profiting may appear to all. In other words, again, this is three examples. He's doing it. This, in all three cases, you are doing something to prosper. Do you see that? The church doesn't want to know that. We're word of faith people. Just tell me I'm blessed and, and, and la, la, la. Well, yeah, you are blessed. But it's not going to fall on you. you got to grab hold of it. They that know their God will seize hold of what the word of God says, and I'm not letting it go. If he says I'm an overcomer, then I'm going to be an overcomer. Now I'm going to trust him. He's going to, be, he's going to do it, right? I'm going to be strong in him. I can do all things through Christ. As you meditate in the word of God, you will be given desires of what you are to do and ideas on what to do. The desire will be there and an idea. These ideas that are acted upon will cause you to prosper. I can't emphasize this enough. This is where we're missing it in meditating in the word of God. As as you meditate in the word of God, you will be given literally desires on what to do and an idea on what to do. And when you take that idea and act upon it, that's what will bring prosperity in your life. God is able to bless the work of the doer. See, why are we so afraid? Because we haven't meditated. We haven't seen. We're trying to be strong in the Lord, and we've never seen anything. Because we don't meditate in anything. In you, the Bible says the righteous, which is you, are as bold as a lion. Not arrogant. I'm all that. No, 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 no. No, God is all that. Right? We don't back down from anything. Now you're beginning to see Why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew they weren't dying in a fiery furnace. Why Daniel, Hebrews 11 says, knew he wasn't dying in a lion's den. Because they had meditated in the word. See, the benefit of meditating in God's word is bearing fruit so that you gain the ability to make your way prosperous. That's the benefit of it. The benefit of meditating in the word of God is bearing fruit so that you gain the ability to make your way prosperous. You've heard me say Isaiah 48, 17, haven't you? Isaiah 48, 17. Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you how to profit and lead you by the way that you should go. This is all over the book, guys. 
Let's look at Deuteronomy 8.18. Let's just, as we're kind of closing down here. Last scripture. Deuteronomy 8.18. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that giveth thee. He gives you the power. Do you know what this word power means? Boy, I'm so glad you asked that question. So the word power is a Greek, or I'm sorry, is a Hebrew masculine noun. It means he gives you strength. He gives you ability. He gives you the capacity. And he gives you the resources to get wealth. Wealth. Another Hebrew word, a different word, that means like exactly the same thing. He gives you, in other words, the strength, the ability, the capacity, and the resources to get wealth. This Hebrew masculine noun means strength, ability, capacity, and resources. In other words, God says, remember the Lord your God, for it's he that gives you power, resources, to get resources. What in the world? Well, if you understand, you read this under the New Testament, light, where he's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness. Then you read this and go, he's given me what? He's blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Then you read, you read about how that God created everything we see with things that we can't see. In other words, the spirit realm produced all the physical realm. So now you read this and go, wow, he's given me the strength, the power, the capacity, and the spiritual resources so that in strength, power, and capacity, I could walk it out and yield natural resources. That's exactly what he's saying. Why does he do that? That he may establish his covenant. This word establish, it's a Hebrew verb. It literally means the physical action of rising up and taking action to establish. It says it right here that he may, look at this, rise up and, and come into your physical life and move and bring it to pass is what he's saying. That he may establish what? His covenant which he swore unto his fathers, and then I love the end of it, as it is this day. In other words, this verse was for us today. Ideas are one form of power. They're one form of an ability, capacity, and resources. God will give you ideas so you can get wealth. This is one way that God prospers you. Satan will give you ideas for the purpose of him stealing, killing, and destroying things in your life. God will give you ideas that will cause you to overcome things in your life. The purpose of prosperity is to establish God's covenant on the earth. That's the purpose of it. The, the ideas for prosperity will come from the covenant that God wants to establish in the earth. Meditating in God's word gives you the ability to make your way prosperous, to be successful, to get wealth. So, I'm going to finish with a review. 
the meaning of meditation is to ponder, imagine, mutter, speak, and think the word of God in your heart until you begin to see, picture, and imagine yourself doing it. Being who the word says you are. Doing what the word says you do. Having what the word of God says he's given you. That's the meaning of meditation. The purpose of meditation. And I know you want me to say this over. Go listen to it again. It's right there. I could, I'll say it over and over as many times as you want to listen to it. You could just do it, right? The purpose of meditation is to move you, you and I, from being a hearer of the word to being a doer of the word. The benefit of meditating in the word of God is bearing fruit so that you gain the ability to make your way prosperous. And that's the word of God. So grab hold of this. As you can see, man, you're going to have to you're going to have to be serious about this. Go back, listen to this, outline this. Everyone you know needs it, starting with you. Everybody in this church needs it, starting with me. Amen? The more you meditate on these things, the more thrilling it gets. God wants his church. He wants you to rise up in him and live fearless in this world. Because he's your provider. He's your protector. He will make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only and not beneath. He'll make darkness light before you. He'll make crooked places straight. Amen?